0: Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and we have Timothy Wu from Nearside with us again to talk about startups and what makes them tick. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin, Nearside was formerly known as Hatch. We recorded this episode before the rebranding, so we're still using the old name. Just wanted to clarify so there's no confusion. For listeners who are joining us for the first time, here's a quick recap. On previous episodes, Timothy discussed how Nearside helps small businesses and how to use feedback to drive business growth. Let's get the conversation started. I want to, so, and you kind of touched on this and regarding obviously being at Hatch, you guys have what, 60 something employees at this point. So Mm -hmm. you guys are, you guys are moving on up the chain. Square had a few employees last time I checked. Probably how many, I mean, I don't even know. They're they're huge.
1: Yeah. When I joined the company, it was like maybe 2000 and I'm pretty sure they're double that by now.
0: So easy. Yeah. 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 They're, they're big. So I I want to talk a little bit about the startup mindset because you did touch on like, Hey, you, you know, you like Square obviously and had a great experience there, but you kind of we're excited about jumping back up into the startup, the startup thing, right? Before you guys jumped into now you're at 60, you guys are sneaking out of the startup thing. I mean, it's always kind of a startup, but you're, you're jumping into the, the bigger realms. But like when you talk about the startup mindset, I want you to can you explain to us like what, what that means to you.
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it, it's really interesting because I think you can definitely employ the startup mindset um, in, you know, uh, well, can't say for every single job that you're doing, but like, you know. Even for a large company like Square, I actually did feel like the startup and growth mindset was a very strong part of the culture. And I Mm. think the way that I want to abstract that is just ownership, ownership of projects, ownership of problems, Mm. ownership of like new processes and and ways that you can improve certain things. And uh, what I mean by that is just that, um, you know, there's actually a phrase um, that I I did pick up from a a few of my mentors and, and teammates at Square that was called moving the couch. Um, and it was like a really, you know, it was like a sort of like sub team value sort of thing. And it was like one of those things that we, we think about. And the analogy is like, okay, you're in a hallway, you see a couch right in front of you. And like, what do you do? You have four options right, you can move it to clear a pathway for people behind you, even though there might not be anybody behind you. You can just hop over it and just assume that everybody behind you can hop over the same way that you do. Or you could sit there, you can complain about it all day. Uh, so maybe just three options. so it's like yeah. you complain about the couch yeah. you ask like management like hey can somebody get this out of my way um, you know like so I think the mentality there is just like if you see anything where it's like you do have you know some free reign to take ownership of a problem or an issue it doesn't mean that you have to completely own it but you know it's just surfacing it calling it out in a way that's productive um, and you know doing what you absolutely can to kind of clear the way for other folks is what I kind of like bring up as the startup mentality or sorry, uh, what I kind of connect to startup mentality. Yeah. That's because like at startups, if you're, you know, it could be, uh, you know, a small, you know, living room situation where you're working with like three other people, right? And it could also be a a, a slightly larger startup with a thousand people in offices of, you know, like 200 or some those, right? Like there's always going to be, you know, things that are like, okay, this could be improved, that could be improved. And it's just like, are, you know, you employing a mindset where you're like, okay, I'm going to call something out. I'm going to surface it to the right people. And I'm going to try to do my best to like, you know, uh, help to you know, uh, sort of fix this or, or sort of like propose like a new solution for it. Um, so I think like that proactiveness is really just like what I, I enjoy. And, um, you know, again, it's not that it wasn't there at Square. I mean, frankly, yeah. I learned this mentality and this exact phrasing from mm-hmm. my team over there. Uh, but I think like in the startup environment, it's like a little bit more broad, you know, it's like, uh, you have less of a specialized role on your team. So for me, um, transparently, you know, head of growth means everything under the sun related to helping to grow the the customer base for our product. So that's like marketing, that's product growth. That's all the way into the weeds on like building my team. So I, I play a lot of like HR management as well, just like keeping my team motivated around me. Right. So. Um, as startups, like you have a lot of latitude, like you, you get thrown into conversations that yeah. in a larger company, you would frankly be like, that's not my issue. It's <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. not even yeah. my department, yeah. but you know, in a startup, you're like working so cross departmental, um, or sorry, like, yeah, you're working so cross-functionally across yeah. departments that that's, that's kind of like what I missed, you know, it's like, I do enjoy having like, these really deep conversations with my compliance team or my engineering team on like how certain things like. Can or cannot work, right? So, like that—that's like some aspects that I really uh, just uh, gravitate towards
0: uh, often. Yeah. Also. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot of hats when it comes to growth. It's like you kind of get pulled into everything. You're like, hey, this is part of growth. You're like, everything's kind of part of growth at this point, which is kind of fun. I mean, there's it. it, once again, I think it keeps things a little spicy, right? You're not just working on this right here. It's like it's kind of interesting that you can help. Once again, I think everything plays into that. You know, it's so funny. I used to, um, the analogy, I don't know where I got this analogy, but I, I grew, one of my companies, long story was I got about 130 employees in about two years. And I remember one of the things, I don't know if it was a book I read, but we talked about leaving the monkey on my desk was in, in my mind. So I would have people that would come in and say, oh, I've I've got a problem with this, 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 this. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of it. And I'm like, wait a second. Then they'll leave their monkey on my desk. And I'm like, and so for me, I was like, wait a second, that's, that's your monkey. Like I'm, I'm one of the owners, but like, that's really your monkey. Like you need to come to me and tell me how you're going to what's, handle the monkey. Right. Like that. So it's kind of like your couch. It's like, Hey, yeah, yeah. you can come to me with problems and I can give you my suggestions, but really you should come with some solutions and let's talk it out. But it's your monkey. Like you're taking this monkey with you out that door, right? It's still yours. It's your couch. you got to figure out how to move it. I'll help you with, Hey, you got to use your knees and you got to do this or do something. But I think that's where it becomes interesting because I was a lot of the times I was taken on a lot of that stuff. And I realized like, wait a second, like not saying I don't want to help, but that's your thing. And you should figure out how the solution. And then we should, once again, agree upon that solution. So I love the couch thing. I think it's a good, it, it makes sense. It's like, you can try to jump over the couch, but that, well, how is that going to help the next person that needs to get over the couch, right? Like, what can we do to move the couch out of the way so we can at least get by it, you know, figure out a solution there. So I love that mentality.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I mean, just the, oh, sorry. Just my kind of final thought on that is just, um, just kind of tying it to your analogy. You know, like for me, it's not necessarily like having to like, you know take on every single project that comes in front of you but again yeah even the the fact of um, I guess like the nuance of like okay are you going to sit there and complain about it or yeah. are you like actually provide- do something yeah, definite, make it happen you know, suggestions like you know you don't have to be the person kind of like ushering in the solution you just need to you know at least like give it a little bit of thought and surface it to the right person right like it's just yeah. it, it's it's teamwork right it's just like as, as long as you you know like exactly who can Kind of solve this uh, problem, or you know, make this process uh, better. You know, that's kind of like you know half the battle, right? So
0: yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just take some responsibility and try to make it better, right? I mean, how can I make things so somebody else doesn't slip in the stuff that got dropped, right? I, I love that. So tell us a little bit. I want to I want to talk a little bit of like the importance of employees to have that kind of a, that that mindset of of a startup mindset because I think that's. You know, it's, it's sometimes and when you first start a company, obviously, it, it makes a little more sense. When you get bigger, it's a little more difficult to keep that startup mindset because there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of stuff like that. But what is the importance of for an employee to, to keep that type of mindset?
1: Um, I mean, very important, you know, I think uh, especially as I've seen it, you know, I'm uh, you know started off with just me and one other person on the marketing team. We've grown it to uh, four currently. Oh, sorry, five currently. Um, And then we're going to be looking to almost double the team again um, in the next uh, quarter or so, Mm. uh, pushing to like eight or 10. I think the more that I've realized the team uh, starts to grow, um, it's just you're going to end up with a lot more work to do. Because I think what happens is, oh, cool, like Tim's team is growing we're gonna throw like even more stuff onto their plates, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's important to me to just to you know loop back to your analogy. Like I don't want to take on every single monkey that comes across my desk. Yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. reasonable way. Like I'm i yeah, 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 I have like limited <laughs> time in terms of like I only have 24 hours a day. I have to at least sleep for you know a reasonable six to eight. Uh, <laughs> you know, for, probably debatable for a lot of people. Um, but you know, I, I have limited bandwidth and attention. And frankly, if I take too many things on as an individual things will slip. Like that's, nobody's superhuman. They, they can't, you know, possibly just like get every single thing done that that comes across their desk. Right. So that's why it's been important for me to look for people with that really proactive mindset, Um, The way that I actually uh, have uh, kind of like hired and, and and sort of like assessed people for positions and not just here at Hatch, like other teams, like I've uh, done interviews and and hired for like other, other um, sort of functions is, um, you know, the way that I kind of think about it is like your your best hire is going to be the person who does the exact same skill set that um, you're looking for. Like mm-hmm. they have domain expertise, they just know how to do the thing. They can build out processes, yeah. systems. Uh, but if you can't find that perfect mixture of the person because of availability or market, or whatever, the next is just somebody who's done something similar, but also is showing some sort of like inclination to just like figure things out, yeah. right? Okay. Make it happen. Yeah. And usually it's like what I I like to say is like, okay, well, um, your job, you know, maybe expertise is not in the exact thing that I'm looking for, but if you're open and willing to learn and you're at least giving me answers or showing me through your sort of case study interview, like projects and deliverables, like you're doing the research and you're you're kind of like uh, shoring up your gaps in knowledge. That to me is like almost as, uh, you know, important as that person who's like perfectly suited for like yeah yeah and i think like with um you know just like how quickly things do kind of change in the marketing growth world it's a little hard sometimes to actually find the perfect person who is like yeah like for me i'm looking for you know performance marketers who work in like fintech uh who learned how to like test new channels right and reasonably speaking it's like, they're, they're either at my competitors and they're already there, or, you know, they're, there's somebody who is, uh, you know, probably doesn't have like that exact sort of like check off. Yeah. So again, it's just, it's more than just finding smart people. It's just, you know, it's, it's all about like, finding people who are motivated, who are willing to learn and are willing to just take that proactive uh, sort of attitude on you know with full force
0: yeah that have that potential right you can it's the kind of the diamond in the rough you're like oh they've done this over here but i think we could mold them into this and i think it you know could be some some things it wouldn't be too far of a transition to make that happen so i love that so what advice would you give to like founders about keeping their startup uh mindset obviously you're over at square and you've seen it obviously at hatch as well like what do you, what do you need to do? Like, what, what was your recommendation? Cause you get to a certain point where it becomes extremely difficult, right? Because there's a lot more people involved in things, a lot more decisions. There's the things that, you know, red tape, whatever that may be. Like, what is your, what is your suggestion? What's your advice for you would give to founders about that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think like what's really worked well for me and um, just to be super honest, like, in uh, transparent, like I haven't founded a company before, but I have like worked, at, you know, like as as like a first business hire or like a you know a secondary business hire in, in really small teams, and um, you know, while like what I've found is just as long as we have a consistent sort of communication plan on what exactly it is that we're trying to accomplish, and you know how you know my role and what my other teams um, are, you know, like what they can do to you know kind of like you know, rally and, and ladder back up to that. Uh, objective, that's that's super important to me. So I think a lot of things that I've really kind of taken from um, like previous companies is, you know, communicating often. So, you know, not saying like we need to be in, uh, you know, uh, one hour all hands every single day, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but at the very least, you know, it's like having some weekly cadence of um, either meeting up or um, having some sort of like you know, broadly communicated uh, sort of event is super helpful just to keep people in the know. Um, I think that if anything yeah just communication is just like
0: absolutely for for that so yeah i think so too that's that's the key once again when you start having a lapse in communication that's when assumptions are being made and bad things can happen so well tim this has been awesome man we we've got we got through all the hard questions you're obviously been doing this a little while you seem like a extreme professional and an expert at everything that we asked you the questions too you did a phenomenal job Now we jump into what we call the fun section. And I always preface this by saying, I I think we had a little bit of fun before this, but that's okay, we call this the fun section. If you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, dead or alive, three
0: people. Um, Let me think about this for a second. Oh man. See, I've had people that like, you know, they like music, musicians or like, uh, they like, uh, you know, they're like in the musical fields. They're like, oh, I think this person, like, oh, Bob Marley. And somebody's like, oh, I you know, thought leadership. I've had, you know, Michelle Obama or whatever it is. I mean, you know, I'm always interested to see who's at that table for you. Like, you know, it could be your grandma. You're like, you know what? I miss my grandma. I'd love for my grandma to be at my table and for us to eat again. Like, you know, I'm just, just anybody that like has had an impact and somebody you'd want to sit down and have an hour conversation with.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'll probably uh, take a, a little bit of an um, easy way out. And, um, you know, I, I do think President Obama is somebody who I would probably want to sit down and have a conversation with. Actually, I'll dovetail that. I think Anthony Bourdain is actually somebody who oh, I would yeah. to come and have dinner with. Um, just was a really big fan of his work and, and everything. And um, I do think that the third person would actually be my grandma. So
0: yeah, that's awesome.
1: It's been a few years now. Um, so it's, it's not uh, super sensitive for me. But uh, you know it's just it's it, it's like when you have that strong emotional connection with somebody yeah um, it's just it, it's it's just an
0: easy answer for me so. I, I knew when you when I when I said Graham I knew that was going to be one for you I could tell that's that's an awesome thing that's awesome man you had that connection there yeah. and Anthony was he was amazing anyways that's a whole nother conversation I could talk about that for a whole nother hour but so what about any favorite books or any favorite podcasts like what do, what do you what's what's made an impact on your career
1: yeah, I actually think um, in terms of books, um, James Clear, actually is one of my favorite sort of uh, writers for um, just like, just general sort of like motivation. Um, I think the book was Atomic Habits, actually. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked, um, you know, his approach for just kind of breaking down your decisioning process um, for, uh, you know, making you know, hard decisions, being productive. I think a lot of times we just think of uh, productivity as an all or nothing thing. Um, yeah. but there's, there are truly, you know, it's, it's either like you were lazy or you're not right, or you're yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. lazy or not, which is, you know, the, the, that's a whole nother thing. But I think uh, what I did like about Atomic Habits actually, um, was that, um, you know, he really breaks down like again, the decision process into different like, uh, frameworks, right? So even something as simple as saying, um, you know, I want to remove all distractions And just, you know, taking away a lot of the sort of things that will, uh, in, in your physical space, like if you have clutter, you're just going to be really distracted with everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So part of it is also just kind of like being like creating environment around you to allow you to focus a little bit more. So that's actually been my favorite book that I, I read recently, so
0: We'll, have that. we'll put that in the uh, we'll put that in the show notes. I think that we always like to put a book that somebody recommends because it's that's how I get all my books that I want to read. Right? That's I like, always ask people and figure out what they what they like. So, and lastly, man, if if anybody wants to get in contact with you over at Hatchcard or anything like that, give us some. What's where, where can we find you?
1: Yeah. So um, just just as a uh, sort of clarifying, um, it's, uh, so at ha- like our URL is hatchcard.com. Um, that's actually just uh, the 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 website for us um our company name is is hatch itself um so um but you know i would say just to get in contact with with us like um you know the the website is pretty much like the easiest place to see what we're doing um if anything if anybody does want to get in touch uh for you know to me directly as like a pretty direct line uh i would prefer not to give out my direct email address but <laughs> hatchcard.com is actually a really good place uh, to go cuz it actually hits um all the folks on our marketing team usually I'm the first one to see it that sort of thing so
0: That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Hey, once again, if you guys are, you know, micro small businesses or a small business and you guys are looking to uh have your money work harder for you, which you really this should involve everybody that has a business. You guys reach out to Tim and the team and you guys take a look at hatchcard.com. we'll put that in the show notes as well. And if you're listening to the podcast, you guys like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. And Tim, once again, hey, thank you so much for being on today, man. This was awesome. If you're listening to the podcast and you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. Next week, we'll talk to another marketing expert. Stay tuned for expert tips on various marketing and business growth-related topics.